I think what we're trying to share tonight is, is quite intently opposed. Because um, there's four of us, <clears throat> this, may, you, this may surprise some of you, but I was organized and three weeks ago I made sure there were four of us who were going to share tonight. And one dropped out this afternoon, and one nearly dropped out this evening, and bless her, Ruth has come. And you just think, oh, hello. I mean, I'll be honest, about 10 minutes ago, I'm going, I'm, oh, no, what's going to happen now? Um, because it wasn't, it wasn't going according to plan. I know it looks like I don't have a plan most of the time, but that's a cunning disguise, because I do. I just try and, I, my main plan is to make it look like we haven't got a plan. What, when, who? What did he say? We, 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 thank you. I think that was a compliment. He said I succeed at doing that. Is that a compliment? I don't know. We've been going through a number of titles which have come by revelation. Power and his people. Um, last week. Various things. And the title for tonight is The Power to Prophesy. And um, we've done quite a lot of teaching on that. <laughs> so what I wanted to do was to get three or four people to talk about how they prophesy, how they get the revelation, or the imp. I asked you if you'd give test me, didn't I? Can you remember what about? That's all right then, because I can't, so that's good. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, but also the impact of, of prophecy. And actually, if anybody else has got anything they, they're desperate, to, they feel like the Lord is uh, giving them to say about that, please, we can share. If you're online, serves you right for not coming, you can't share. <laughs> so there you go. But you, will, you can see down the line, but you can also share on, uh, uh, on the chat if you want to. It's absolutely fine. Because we, want, we, we are a prophetic church. We are called to be a courageous, lion-hearted, prophetic church. St. Leonard's. And even that comes out of prophecy, and I'm going to share a bit about that later, but it also comes out of the name of the church, that we're lion-hearted, we're Leonard. We are the lion-hearted ones. And talking about prophecy... It's so easy not to talk about the process. It's so easy not to talk about how do we do it. And for some people to feel intimidated by it. And some people to feel that whatever they think they might possibly hearing, but maybe I'm not really, because I can't. We want people to realise that what they... So I think people hear God's voice more frequently than they, than they think they do. They just don't recognise it. And it's learning to recognize his voice. You know? My sheep will recognize my voice. You know, he is the shepherd and he calls and he speaks and he will, he will speak to us. It's true. God wants to speak to us much more than we want to listen. And even when we do listen, God wants to speak to us much more than we want to listen and then do what we hear. You, know, we add that, you add the next bit on and it's even, more less, it's even less likely we're going to listen because 
something stops us in here. We don't want to do it. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to share a couple of bits. Come on, where do I put my glasses down now? Oh, that's in that pocket. It's all right, it's all right. I bought, I bought two pairs. I bought two pairs. Actually, I didn't, that's not true. I didn't bring two pairs. I left. So if anybody here and anybody online has lost a front door key to the church, I've, I've got it here. So you can stop panicking. You can own up and you can have it back. I like, oh, right. so, so that's fine because uh, I've got it. Okay. So I'm going to share two or three things about prophecy and about how we go about pro- and actually you'll recognize it because if you were on I need three hands you know did you how many of you here did did this yeah you were away weren't you you went for a couple of weeks when you were here yes uh, you know, we've done a lot. But it needs repeating. So often I hear sermons go, oh, that was really good, and then realize it's something that I've heard many times before. But actually, you just need to hear it again. So if you've still got your, book, your, your books, go back. You don't have to work your way through all the exercises. Just have a read through, remind yourself, refresh yourself. So I'm going to talk about the presence of God to start with and that without the presence of God prophecy can't happen prophecy is revelation from God and I'm talking about prophetic revelation I'm not specifically talking prophecy as in from a prophet prophet or even somebody who has a gift of prophecy giving a prophecy at a particular time I'm talking about prophetic stuff prophetic revelation all of it, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. It's all prophetic. And so every single Christian is designed to be prophetic. Everybody hears God's voice. That's what we're designed. In fact, everybody on the planet is designed to hear God's voice. It's just when you're a Christian, that bit of you, your spirit gets switched on. When you're born again, you can now, you, those frequencies become available so you can hear God's voice. Don't push the analogy too far. I'm sure I've, I'm on my way to some heresy there. But you can hear God's voice because you're now a child of God. But you're still the same person who, before you became a Christian, so it's not... So every, every person out there still has the potential to hear God's voice. That's why sometimes they can speak or something can happen and you go, whoa, I think that was God. And it does happen. Look in scripture. When the anointed one on Isaiah, the anointed one who's going to bring freedom for God's people is... Go on. I can hear them. I can hear them on there shouting at me. In Isaiah, the anointed one who's going to bring freedom for God's people and restoration is who? No, it's Cyrus. Because he's the one that lets God's people go and an angel to go back to Jerusalem. We read it that it's Jesus, because it is Jesus in the big plan, but in the immediate plan, it's Cyrus. Who lets the people go, and they go, they're restored to Jerusalem. 
God uses non-Christians. God speaks through non-Christians. But only we can hear his voice as his children. Only we recognize that. Do you see? But sometimes we have to stop and think. And it's all about the presence of God. This is the first thing. It's about God's empowering presence. It's about the Holy Spirit. And even hearing God's voice, hear, hear this clearly, hearing God's voice is a gift from God. I'm not talking about the gift of prophecy, but even the ability to hear God's voice is a gift from God. It's from him. It's because he loves us. He's not a remote God. He's an intimate God. He's not just transcendent, he's imminent. Hearing God's voice is not a skill. It's not something that we learn. Comma, but once we start to hear God's voice, we can learn to hear more clearly. And we can develop the way we do it. So, so, so we can't be skilled and learn how to get it, but once we've got it, we can hone the skill of, of listening. So we don't do good works to be saved, but once we're saved, we do good works out of response of love. It's that dynamic again. And the call may come for some to be prophets. In a New Testament way, and there's a difference between New and Old Testament prophecy. I'm not going to go into that tonight. But there is a difference. And some are called to be prophets. You know, and we have, here we talk about one person as a prophet. But there are several of us that are testing whether that is our gift. Um, and then we talk about seers. Which is slightly different. But here's the first thing. It's the presence that matters. And it always, oh, and I'm not saying this because of our conversation earlier, Alice, all right? This was already written down. The prophetic ministry always, 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 all, you get the point, always happens within the family of the church. It doesn't happen out there. It does happen out there because we go out there, but it doesn't happen separate. And there have been too many prophetic ministries that have ended up separated from the church and running as if they are a church. And they normally fall over and end up getting a bloodied spiritual nose because it doesn't go well. Now, the church is at fault because a lot of pastors and leaders have rejected the prophetic. I've not done that as a leader, but I hope on behalf of the church, I hold my hand up. Absolutely. Which, of course, has forced people to go out. But the sort of people who tend to embrace the prophetic can be... A, they're highly creative. They colour outside the lines because they don't recognise the lines. And part of their job, actually, is to, to show people the lines don't exist... Or the lines are a lot further out than you thought they were. That's the whole point. The whole point of a prophet is to blow open the, the little boxes we've boxed God in to. to. To actually just destroy the straitjackets that we want to put on God. But 
it's still got to happen within the family. It's still got to happen within the family. Do I keep moving too far, Chris? Oh, hello. For those of you feeling giddy at home now, Chris is just moving the camera. <laughs> well, you could move me. Is it there? It says, so I, if I just come over here now, that'd be fine. <laughs> okay. It always happens within the body of Christ. It always happens within the church. Now, that's difficult because most church denominations don't recognize the office of prophet. I get that. But it should happen within the body. And actually, it should be that the body is hearing prophetically. And it should be that together we're hearing what God is saying to us and therefore doing evangelism and witness and prayer and social action and all the rest of it out of what we're hearing God say. That's what we're trying to do, isn't it? It really is what we're trying to do. When somebody at PCC says to you, well, given the weight of revelation, there is nothing else we can do but go to... The word's gone. Appeal. Thank you. The word had gone completely out of my head. And somebody said that on PCC. Well, the weight of revelation says we've got to. Hallelujah. PCC are taking decisions by revelation. And we had a chance in February, we got together for that decision. We got together as a PCC and people brought their revelation and their prayerful thinking for those for whom the word revelation is too worrying. But they, and we just shared. And that was right, wasn't it? We, we just shared. And there was no discussion. Not because I didn't want discussion, but it was just a time to share our revelation. And it was awesome. And then we came to the March meeting and therefore we'd had this revelation plus all the revelation that I'd fortunately kept from the previous three years which we were able to and suddenly people go wow actually the revelation is so strong actually okay let's do this and I didn't I wasn't pushing it and there was an open discussion but it was by revelation the prophetic voice isn't just the lone voice in the wilderness it's the, it's the voice within the church, which sadly can be the wilderness sometimes. But it's within the church. And the church supporting the prophet goes out into the world. The church covering and protecting the prophet goes out into the world. And that's the call on us. To be prophetic people. To be kingdom pioneers. We've got to recognise it's radical. It's a radical place of surrender. We've got to recognise we're all broken vessels. We're not going to get it perfectly correct. And sometimes we're going to make a mess. Being a prophetic church is messy. But it's kingdom. Rather than religion. And if, if you lot want religion, I'm gone. Because I'm just so bored of religion. So bored. It doesn't. Oh. And you say, oh yes, well the Anglican thing is all religion, isn't it? I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about religion. Where it's about what I want or what each of us wants rather than what God wants. I'll tell you what, there's plenty of charismatic churches that are highly religious. 
and plenty of non-Anglican church, and plenty of liturgical churches that actually are in tune with the Spirit. However shocking that may be to you. The prophet is there to smash those religious boxes, the religious language, the religious tradition, the religious doctrine. But we're not here to be mavericks. We're here as part, you know, some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists. Some to be pastors and some to be teachers. I, knew I, was, I didn't forget one, we were right. You know, some to be prophets. And that's not, well, there's a prophet in the church down the road and there's a pastor in this church and there's a teacher. No, that's within each body. We see all of those. We've called the fivefold ministry. We see all of those. So how do we do it then? The thing is... The way we hear and the way we see is different for all of us. So I'm, I was praying hard while we were doing the School of the Prophetic a couple of years ago now that nobody would go, oh, I've got my process now. This is the way I've got to do it. Because if you came away from it thinking that, then I did something very badly wrong. Now, there are guidelines there are things that we need to be aware of, not to do and to do and all the rest of it. And that, but, Kathy, do you hear God's voice? Yeah. yeah, so do I. Strangely, she hears God's voice in a very different way to me. Because we're very different people. And I could go around each of you. And it's the same. You can't see on there, but Jackie's sitting just over there. Jackie hears God's voice, but in a very different way to me. And of course, my way is so much... No, it's not. It's just... It, it, it's equal. And we need to hear it. Ruth's going to... She has no idea what she's going to say. Ah... just about how you see or what you see or whatever whatever the spirit tells you verbal, verbal, verbal. Um, so for me I think I over time has grown and changed in how I see and in how I operate in the prophetic don't closer so I think in my early 20s I used to very much just get words and pictures so I used to see things or if I saw an object would I then associate something with it and give a word or a picture to somebody as I was praying for them and I think I was very very comfortable with that way of doing it because when you're praying for people they can take it they can leave it and that was kind of it and that suited me because it didn't really push me very far I think once Laurie had come and started teaching more about the prophetic um, that pushed me out of my comfort zone quite a long way <laughs> that's okay it's good and 
I was sitting there thinking, Lord, what, what do you want me to say? And actually, I remember at the first church weekend away, when Pete and Sarah were there, I remember in the bar one evening sitting talking to Di, and we were talking about prophetic stuff. And I realised there and then that I was very comfortable with what I heard and how to share it. And that evening, I realized that I needed to say to God, okay, whatever you want to do or wherever you want to take this, I'm okay with that. Even if it means being up in the middle of the night, even if it means doing weird stuff, I am okay with that. And I had to take that step and say that to God of, I'm okay. Yes, it's going to freak me out. Yes, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable, but I'm okay with that. And that evening, I think I was up most of the night hearing what God was trying to tell me, in a way, trying to catch up. And from there, I have, like Laurie was saying, you grow. And God has spoken to me in so many different ways the way I hear is tends to be a lot more pictorial. I see a lot more pictures than, than anything else. I do hear his voice. I do hear what he says to me. And sometimes it can be words that he says, sometimes it's pictures. But in terms of me stepping out, that's been huge. I get dreams and I've realized that some of the more the dreams that I have as I'm waking up in the morning are highly prophetic dreams because my brain isn't analysing them and adding in all my own strongholds and stuff. And I remember waking up knowing that one of Chris's friends who's involved in a church in Leamington Spa, and I knew he'd got a problem with his, I think it was his arm or back, and I emailed him and said, just feel that God wants to say it's okay it's going to get better and he emailed back going that's really comforting actually and but God also speaks to me very clearly in very bizarre ways as well um I was I've got a friend um close friend who's same age as me who has an inoperable brain tumor has had it for the last three years and while I was praying for him for healing God showed me a picture of God pouring oil over his head. Not just a little bit of oil, a lot of oil. And God said, I want you to do that for him. And him being in a very high church, I was rather scared about asking him, even though he is a close friend, and me saying, look, I feel like this is what God wants me to do. What do you think? Yeah, highly rational, very much in his head, very, very much in his head. And I was completely freaked out. So I went and said to Laurie, help. And Laurie just went, yeah, you're going to have to do it. (laughs) Really helpful. So I ended up phoning him and saying, what do you think about me pouring quite a lot of oil over your head? And he went, yeah, all right then. (laughs) What? 
And I did. They came round to my house. We talked about it. We prayed. And I poured a measuring jug full of oil over his head. And after we'd done that, he went, wow, that was just incredible. That was just so amazing. And it broke something. Yes, he's still got the brain tumour, but it broke something in some way over him. And while I see not very... (laughs) I'm asked to step out and do some weird stuff. And that's okay, because it isn't for me, it isn't for anybody else, it's for God. And that's why I do it. No? Oh, hello. Um, yes, I don't think I don't think clapping's against COVID regulations. I think we're all right. It's fine. So Ruth sees in, in really out there ways. And did you notice the way she was using the word hear and see interchangeably? Because do you hear or do you see? For some people, it's just hear. For some people, it's just see. For some people, it's both, which suggests possibly a seer anointing. We're still working on that one, aren't we? But for other people, it's just a perception. It's not even a hear or a see. It's just a thought. Chris, could you share what you were... Is he listening? Can he hear me? Passing over control. Oh, goodness me. It's a dangerous thing, isn't it? You've got to put it on your nose now, aren't you? (laughs) Exactly. See, he's got got to move. (laughs) He's got to move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that's better. No, that's, that's live now. Uh, check the stream, buddy. Um, I'm standing. Um, so, and, and the principle here, I think, uh, well, no, actually, before I said it, is uh, the variety of ways we hear. Now, for me, um, I, I think in terms of um, the people in church I know and listen to and stuff, I, I'm, I always felt initially I was slightly weird about this because I really don't see pictures. Um, I'm told by people who, who know about these things that everyone dreams, but I don't. Well, if I dream, I don't know. I dream. I go to bed, I go to sleep, and I wake up. And that's what always happens. Sorry? Um, and if things happen in my brain in the, at night, who knows? But what I do get is I get, I get words. I mean, quite often they are words that resonate from Scripture, how to say. Um, and, and for me, they tend to be phrases or actual, you know, like semi-English things. I, I don't, wouldn't say I actually hear God speak. I just become aware, and it's this, this same thing about hearing and seeing. It sort of becomes clear that that's something God said. 
And, and I don't even think I see the words like in sort of fiery fingers, you know, me, no, me, no, tackle, fire me type thing. It just becomes a clear thing that God said. So, and often, it, to be fair to me, it's often when I have been praying about something. So I'll give a couple of examples, may help. So about last, I don't know, probably September, was it? I don't know. And we were worrying and thinking and praying about what we had to do as a church in the whole COVID. Um, masking, distancing, not getting together stuff. And, and I was praying about it. And I just sit, I, think I, should, I, I often pray when walking, to be honest, out, out, like Jackie does, out in the, on the paths. In it. I just got this phrase really clearly, stay legal, but be as far together as you can. Come together as far as you can, but stay legal. And it's always a really simple thing, but actually that's been a, a guiding principle. I share it with Laurie, because he's the boss, and as he said, these things are always in the context of, of, of a church and authority and covering and stuff like that. Um, and I don't know whether, whether it immediately resonated or not, but we sort of, after a while, that, actually that's what I think God said. And that's what we've done pretty much. We've gone as far as we can without being illegal. When there's been a freedom to do stuff, we've done it. That makes sense? Well, we've done it Yep, yep. Because we felt, I felt, really felt like God was saying, that's, that's what, yeah, it's straightforward. Do not break the law, but do as much as you can. Um, and and that, that phrase has stuck with me, and I think, I'm sure, that's what God was, was saying. And it gave me like a freedom in a way to not fret about the detail all the time. Um, the other th- example I give, and um, I won't put names into this because they may, I doubt, it's unlikely they're online, but you never know. Um, but the other thing I get, uh, I, I do get uh, prompts, I get names of people to pray for or, or contact. Um, they're normally people I know, unlike, you know, like Ruth was in a way. Um, and I just come, become aware increasingly over, over time that that is very much, it, it's, it's a prophetic word that doesn't really tell you what to do often. It just says you get in contact with Fred or Anne or whoever it happens to be. A prompt to, 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 to con- and the number of times that works out as being critical timing. I, I do think uh, we see God's hand as often as not in timing as in things that happen. That, that, in, that God incident of things happening at the right time, you get in that word for that guy who needed that, it's at that time. And that's why I think it's important to patch obedience against hearing. In fact, Laurie said about you can't practice to get, the, to, get it, to get to hear God, you can practice to respond to it. And I th- sort of do think the more we're, we're willing to be obedient to what God tells us and share it, then, then it becomes a, a more straightforward thing to do. Um, and so I do get that as well. And again, they're not, not pictures of people, they're just literally names that come into my head and pretty clearly, and I've learned uh, to respond to those. I'll give other examples, but is that enough to show it's completely different? But it's completely different to Ruth. I just don't get pictures. And Ruth gets these pictures and I think, whoa, what are you on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not for me. Okay? Okay, uh, can you mute SW3? All going wrong. All going right. Uh, there you go. So Chris, with a more rational mindset and all the rest of it, I won't say Chris isn't creative, but actually he's a lot more prophetic than he realised. I mean, just listen to him preach. You know, there's, there's often something very prophetic in there. But he's only preaching. Yeah. Of course, one part of the church has decided the only way you prophesy is by preaching. Now, that's not true. But prophecy can come through preaching. Are you stop 
You stopped dancing with the thing now, this one. Was that, was that your one or did you take it off? Take it off. Who's just changed it? Good lad. Do you want to share what you were going to share? I can't remember what it was. No, I can't. No. You're going to... Am I going to... Uh, no, can you go from there? If you just take your thing off. So it's this one. Um, can I share two things? Is that all right? So the first one was Ermintrude. That's, that's, that's <laughs> So Laurie shared um, about some... You'd been listening, hadn't you? And prayer appointment and you'd drawn a picture of Ermintrude and not known why. This, this is the cow from Magic Roundabout. Do, do, do you, at the back there, do you understand? Yeah, we're all right there. Okay. No. Your mum and dad will explain later. <laughs> um, and that has given me a lot of freedom, that example, because sometimes if I'm trying to hear what God's saying and something comes that sounds really bizarre... Um, I just remember Ermintrude and I think, well, write it down anyway, pass it on to someone who can discern what it could be about and let it go. And that's really freeing. The Ermintrude thing, if you remember, took somebody back to a relationship with their father and it huge in, um, inner healing thing came from it. And I'll be honest, the first thing I said when I gave it was, I have no idea why I've drawn Ermintrude, but there you go. And ping. So thank you. Yeah. So the other thing, um, just about hearing God, um, God is really practical. And I've got to learn sometimes when I hear a little voice in my head that that can be God. And just over a year ago, I was visiting, it was before the lock, first lockdown, and I was visiting a friend in Little Chalfont, and I parked outside her house opposite the end of somebody's drive and this little voice in my head said are they going to be able to reverse out of that drive and my rational mind went don't be ridiculous how arrogant to think someone can't reverse out of their own drive anyway this lovely lady reversed into my car because she was totally distracted by something else that was going on at the same time and it all got sorted out I actually spoke about it to Vicky because she was still around at the time so you know how do you know when, it's, when it is just your mind or when it's God? And she said, well, you just have to stop and ask and discern. And yeah, <laughs> um, if I had listened to that little voice, yeah. we would have saved ourselves a huge amount of Money effort. Well, do you know what? It all was sorted out really, really easily, but we could have done without it. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Brilliant. Thank you. Absolutely. I was driving home from, my dad had just died. I mean, I'd been in the hospital with him. He'd just died and I was driving down the M3. That bit of fast road, just when you get to Winchester services, just before you get there. And a voice in my head said, pull over. And I thought, I'm not wearing one. Because that's me. Think, think of the wrong word at the right, you know. I, I, seriously, I thought, well, I'm not wearing one. Pull over. Oh, pull over. So I slowed a bit and I pulled into the middle lane because I was in the outside. I want to get home. And I was tired and... Yeah. Pull over. Pull over. No, pull over. So I pulled over. As I hit the uh, hard shoulder, um, my tyre blew. And I stopped the car and rang, rang the AA 
And so they said, where are you? I said, I don't know. They said, is there anything around? And I went, oh, I'm half a mile from junction number because the flipping sign was right in front of me. <laughs> if I'd had the blowout doing <laughs> in the outside lane, it wouldn't have been so good. Small, still voice. There we go. Di, do you want to come and share what you've got? I think Di's going to share into a, a, a different way of doing prophecy now, um, which is great. said so I'll try I don't think that's gonna happen actually <laughs> okay so yeah I'm gonna add to what's been said because I agree with all of that but this is a journey for me that suddenly sped up over the last year actually and especially the last three months and I don't think I've ever been able to put lines around what um, my relationship with God is like, or I've, I've always gone outside. So to, as someone said to me, it's like putting an octopus in a string bag to try and understand sometimes what I'm saying. But tonight, I've actually put some absolute boundaries, some lines down. So this is going to be really interesting. Okay, so I, I was asked, I was asked to just talk about how the process of um, how I go through uh, with God to uh, come to a prophetic word or to come through to prophecy. And so I've put down very some clear headings here, and then I'm going to just go through them a little bit. But it's a bit like painting a picture. So you're starting off with your um, base uh, piece of paper or uh, whatever it is you're painting on. And that is relationship. It just has to start with relationship. And that's what it did start with. That's what I started with, was, was getting drawn by God, by the Holy Spirit, to want to know God deeper and into into a more into a relationship and so how do I start off I suppose you know it's thankfulness um, it's you know it's getting up in the morning the sun's coming out I hear the birds you know it's it's culture it's, it's cultivating that feeling of thankfulness to whatever uh, I've, I've been given abiding just saying lord thank you for a good night's sleep or you know if i haven't if in the middle of the night maybe but, but abiding you you are with me you're always with me god emmanuel and then soaking sometimes it's just soaking you know sometimes it's not even bringing in a, a prayer or word it's just sitting in his presence which is actually beautiful and i've learned to really relax into that whereas before i perhaps would fight that a bit thinking i should be doing something so and then out of that worship, you know, you know, sometimes a song will come to my mind and, you know, I'm, I've been alive a bit longer than a lot of you. And so, you know, there's some lovely old hymns and some of the lovely new ones that words will come and, and there'll be a song. So I might play that or I might just sing it to myself. 
And then out of all of that comes prayer, comes prayer. And so um, I then start sitting still. And this is something I've cultivated this last three months. God has been speaking to me about this for a whole year. And I think my, my home group have heard me speak about this. And I, in the end, God was shouting at me. He even gave me big stones on in Dorset that said, be still, <laughs> close your eyes and listen. And I couldn't, even, I couldn't believe it because when I looked at my journal for the last year, it was all be still and listen. So it took me nine months and then January, the last lockdown, right I am really going to pursue this in a way that I've never pursued it before so and I learned that it was active listening is not passive it's actually active and so I would sit and just listen and I did realize I do see I see a lot but I think God wanted me to, to just to teach me how to listen so close off close your eyes down and stop running sit still and just listen and so I, the depth of stillness in that listening is just beautiful is actually really beautiful it just brings down that whole sense of stress or whatever is actively going on um, in your life and the fruit you go deep and the just to say though the fruit of which, in terms of listening, may come later. It's not necessarily you'd be sitting there listening, hearing a load of words. It's all about actually cultivating and listening and letting God work in us in a way I don't understand, but he, he does. Then I journal. And I just want you to... Um, and just want you to listen to this because what I'm going to show you, this process which I've managed to put into words, actually I'm using an example of, of something God's been speaking to me over the last few weeks. Um, just in time. That was interesting, wasn't it? Just in time for tonight. So, um, so what I do after that, all of those things, I sit and write. And that, do you know what happens in, I've realised, in writing out it becomes even, it comes bigger, it becomes more beautiful, it becomes more, more, more texture, more colour comes on that canvas. So I just want you to listen to this because this is one of those, this is where I'm at at this stage as I read this out. So that day, I have a day for each thing and that day I was praying, that's the day I pray for St Leonard's, okay, for us as a family, us for a body. And this is what I wrote, 26th of the 3rd. I always put the date on because the dates are really relevant when you look back. So this is to you as St. Leonard's. I love you. I love you with all my heart. I so love your desire to be close to me, to abide in me and dwell with me. I call you up. I call you to rise up with me above the clamouring of the world's demands, above worldly thinking and worldly expectations. The view is so beautiful from up here. It's so beautiful. Come, come higher, come and see. Look up, child, look up. And what do you see? The promises I have, promises of things that are made 
possible that you see as impossible. Now, this is underlined dreams planted long ago coming to life. Promises rain down from heaven, bringing life to all around you. The heavenlies lighting up with your joyous praise to the King of Kings. Jesus, my son, your Lord, you grow with my presence and energy. You grow with my power. You take me wherever you go. Light dispels the darkness, bringing hope and healing to those who don't see. You bring me, St. Leonard's, into every situation and challenge. You speak my words, my promises, my purpose, my truths. And as you do so, I make a highway in the wilderness and streams into the desert, bringing life to the dead and water to the parched. Look, do you not see the shoots spring up? Hear me singing over you and the bursting out of chains into freedom. Okay. So then there's deeper revelation. I'll sit with that. I'll pray over it. And basically, I've learned to abide in him in what I've written or what I've seen or what I've heard and, and continue to ponder it. So I'll go to work, I'll do whatever. But it's, it sort of sits in me and it's like a hen brooding over the eggs, you know, it's chicks. Um, anyway, I mean, it, 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 it did excite me when I realised what has happened. So by doing this, I've been able to pull this So a few days later, so this, this was the 26th of the 3rd, 21st, right? A few days later, I wrote the prayer and the word mustard seed. That's, sorry, a few days later after I wrote that prayer, the word mustard seed just came alive. It was just amazing. On the 31st of the 3rd, 21. So it was coming up in my day, in my day, in daily devotions, in what I was reading. And I suddenly realized the mustard seeds represented the dreams and prayers that had come up in that prayer a few days ago. That was the 31st of 3rd, and that prayer, that, that word was the 26th of March. I just called it a prayer four times. It's a prophecy. Sorry, it's okay. It's a prophecy she then prays. Yes. Just for clarity. Yes, thank you, thank you. Um, and I realised then the mustard seeds represented the dreams and prayers but God was saying it's planted years ago. So here comes another bit of colour coming into this prophecy. I suddenly thought, it's, it's, it's dreams. He wants to bring these dreams and hopes and visions. He want, it, they, these are things that we've been praying for for years. And God was revealing he wanted to bring them alive to life. And now is the time. And then, so this, at this point, it's the end of March, this revelation sort of kept coming and going in the day. And as I was praying, often a result of me interceding over previous days about something in particular. So basically, this came up as I was praying for something particular that I've been praying for for many years. 
So can you see the difference, the different layers come on and that the prophecy grows and becomes alive and becomes real? So then I start seeking. Okay, all right, Lord. So what, do, what, what more do you mean in terms of the word mustard seed? So I do a Bible study. I've got a Bible with um, just a simple concordance at the back and I read and I seeked further. It came up in the Bible study, Kingdom of Heaven. Is like a mustard seed, Bible study, home group. See, it, it, God just interweaves it all together within the church. This is not me doing my own thing. This is, this is all, you know, with us all together. And um, so I saw, I read and I seeked further and God revealed more. The mustard seed is the planting of dreams and visions, even talked about this morning, and I promise I, read the, I wrote this before. She hadn't talked to me about it. No. God adds to it in dreams and pictures. And then I saw, I had this picture about the, with the Bible. And I, I think I was just shopping, you know. So sometimes these things are sitting there. You're sitting there in your prayer seat or wherever you go to pray. But sometimes it's the result of that sitting and listening later on in your just daily life god god's given us a life to live so i work and you know i'm a grandma as well and you go along with what you're doing now suddenly i saw this bible and i saw these diamonds going through the bible and i thought it's like me looking at the pages and they're just diamonds all studied into the bible and i thought felt god saying you know this is my word diana this is my treasure to you so the word becomes flesh, it becomes alive. So that prophetic word, as God adds to it, it becomes alive. It's treasure, and it, it becomes, the word becomes flesh, as he says. So then I study the passages mentioning the mustard seed. It expands the word, and in this case made me think of how the mustard seed is the smallest and most insignificant of seeds, but it grows into the largest in the area that they were, were talking about, especially, and into the largest, which means it's, it opens up its whole meaning. The growth from a tiny prayer, so that prayer you prayed 10 years ago, in my case, 30 years ago, yeah? All of a sudden, God is saying, Donna, that mustard seed will grow, and it is growing, and I'm calling it out to grow into the tallest, biggest tree there is. And so growth from a tiny prayer or a vision you've had or a dream or even a smile. Because do you know what? After I wrote this, I went out and I was driving in the car and this lovely lady smiled at me and I recognized her as, um, I, I don't know where she was from. Um, her ethnicity was, was was different to what I've seen before and I remembered I spoke to her on a run uh, a few days ago and she smiled at me and God said that's a seed Dana you planted a seed when you said hello on your run and she's now smiling at you see what I do with that yeah it's like, I mean that just so excites me I must say that that just the smile you give somebody in the street is like a seed anyway so sorry um you know that thing about staying between yes yes yeah you see why I'll do this. 
Anyway, so it gives, so that mustard seed tree, that tree then gives shelter. It says in Matthew 13, it says gives, it gives shelter and help to others and glory to God. So that tree, he's saying all those dreams, visions and prayers you've prayed, he wants to grow now and he's saying now. So it goes into the last bit. Okay, all right. I think you can see there from what Di's saying. Yeah. That's the last bit. Yeah, fine. Thank you. So you can see what Di, Di's saying. There's a place as well for... Um, <clears throat> Graham Cook calls it a crafted prophecy. And it's about t- taking it and sitting with it and, and writing down and journaling and then praying a bit more and seeing a bit more. Now, please, we're not saying everybody should do that, but it's one way of, of, of doing that. And it's, uh, and it's a lot more time-consuming, you know? Uh, but as Di said, things come, you know, in the middle of Tesco or things come in the middle of the Amersham or whatever it is. So from the perception and the thought that Chris was talking about to the dream, to drawing Ermintrude, to actually spending a number of weeks, you know, mar- marinating, distilling was the word that went through me. It's, it's distilled. It, it, now it doesn't, not just that it gets tighter, but it the flavour comes out of it more. It just becomes more intense in that sense. And you, and you get more out of the whole thing. Um, Johnny, can we be ready to go in a moment? Um, that'd be great. There's all these different ways. And, and they're all valid. And do you know what? I could probably go round and ask and there'd be five or six more different ways of, of, of hearing as well. Remember, there are three levels to all of this. There's revelation, and the Ermintrude was just revelation. Then there's interpretation, and then there's application. And and Dai's thing is actually pulling more into those three levels. Um, But we don't all have to. It's what God's called Dai to do. From us, actually, from us hearing Graham Cook a couple of years ago, wasn't it? That was that was the start of that uh, when he spoke up in Harrogate or Bradford or wherever we were, somewhere north of the Watford Gap, anyway, and um, east of the Pennines. Um, so we've got those three levels, but can I just say everything needs testing? You know, uh, and we test it ourselves, but we all need to test it doesn't just go out you know it needs testing and if you give a a word to someone individually and they say no as prophets we have to just take that as those who are prophetic we have to go okay it's fine which is why identity is so important and being secure in who you are in Christ because it's just we've just got to let it go and what Dai is learning to do in a deeper way, but we all need to do in every part of it, is ask better questions. So we can interrogate what we see. Johnny, Johnny was being prophetic this morning, weren't you? I said prophetic, I promise. Yeah? So when, when we were worshipping this morning, Johnny went into a, a refrain which wasn't written in the song. I believe, Lord help my unbelief, or something like that. Because that's what he was sensing, I'm assuming, is he nodding behind me? That's what he was sensing we needed to say and needed to declare. 
So that's, that's being prophetic in worship. You know, not all of us are behind a microphone and got a guitar in our hands. You know, so we don't all do that. But it's, that was actually us being prophetic this morning and responding to what Johnny sensed. Now, he knows he's got the freedom with me just to do that because I trust him. Yeah? But normally we, we test everything before it goes out. That's why stuff comes in. Ask good questions. And actually then, if you've asked a question and what you see in here doesn't answer the question, then guess what? It's not the answer to the question. It might be a piece of revelation. So we still do it. We ask people to do original design for us, for, for, for people away from here. And we get the revelation back, and Ruth and I have to, Ruth mainly, but we both have to go through it and take out the bits that aren't original design. Because we've asked the question, Lord, how did you design this person to be? And we may, and Ruth sent me recently a couple of things which actually were words for that church, but they weren't original design. So if she'd put them in the original design packet, it would have confused so ask the question, is what I'm hearing? You know, as a school teacher, I used to say to my A-level students, is what you're writing answering the question? Yeah, and it's exactly the same thing here. Is what you're hearing answering what you... Unless the Lord is saying, your question was wrong, I want to show you something else. But then you have to go, Lord, is my question wrong? You know, it's a dialogue, it's an ongoing dialogue all the time. Have you got your microphone on there? Did you, get, did you bring your piece of paper up the front? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Alice has had a, had a word while we were doing it, which just resonates with what Di was saying. What, not, not the explanation that Di went into, the mustard seed and all the rest of it, but the actual, the kernel of the word, if I could use the word kernel properly there. The kernel of the word. Go for it. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I similar to die I hear right I hear God through writing things down and um, so this is what I felt he was saying I love my church my church is a beautiful thing to behold she stands in power in humility she glows with love warmth and compassion she is fierce in love and she is gentle in spirit she is made of many parts and each part has a purpose she is beautiful in her diversity and she is steadfast in her unity she craves my voice and hungers after my presence. She is beautiful to behold. Who's that describing? Us. The church. Us. Do you believe it? Lord, help our unbelief.